Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. It is upon us, the 2020 Olympic Games from Tokyo. We're bringing you full coverage all week. And that starts today with Olympic champion, three-time Olympian, and American sprinting icon, Nathan Adrian. Nathan, what's up, man? Hey, how are you doing, man? excited to sit down with you we watched the 400 free relay last night i'm excited to hear your thoughts your reactions usa dominant 308.97 fastest textile relay performance in that event ever what'd you think uh man all, i mean all last night was it, uh, the last two nights man they just they just blow me away there's it's so much fun um I mean, I guess as kind of expected, USA was there in the mix in the middle of pool, um, probably a little jealous of Russia having that outside lane. Um, and watching Caleb, I mean, gosh, the guy, the guy's in a tough spot. Just like he has that incredible start, so we can't leave him off. Uh, we can't do anything except lead him off. But then he's just, I mean, it's, it's like a magnet, you know, both sides. Uh, any any competitor that that knows what they're doing is just going to, go right next to that lane line. I think the French guy's got the ride of a lifetime. Um, and, you know, poor Caleb just had to, had to pull him the whole way. So hopefully he can get some, uh, some clear water for, for the individual and, and show us what he can really do. It's that's so interesting that, you, you know, you talk to anyone and you're like, Oh yeah, you want, you talk to a normal person. You're like, Oh, you want that middle lane. That's going to be the <laughs> best lane. And you're like, no, wrong <laughs> we want one or eight all the so way. here's here's my deal and and this you know what we could i think i've even said this before but we can start the petition now uh first place qualifier should get to choose their lane uh second place qualifier should get to choose their lane second third place etc and, and and especially in the hunter freestyle i think the hunter freestyle for men specifically is the worst actually it, it is the worst easily by far because we're just these big guys and we're making the biggest wave you know like you got, I'm a hundred kilograms or maybe 102. So that's like, you know, anywhere from 220 to 230 uh, pounds. And I'm going through the water as fast as I can. Whereas, you know, in, in the 200 free, they're just going a little bit slower. Some guys are my size, but not, not even, not really. We just have these massive waves. And then if someone can, someone can ride that, they can, they can pull you back to them and, and, and they pull themselves forward a little bit. It's just kind of like a regression to the mean. I love that. <laughs> Let's start the petition. First <laughs> seed gets to choose their own lane. Uh, so, so we saw Caleb. He was forty-seven-two, which mm. I think is his fastest leadoff ever. I think obviously that bodes well for the rest of his meet. Um, what what did, what did you think moving through that race? I mean, I think the last few years the men's four hundred free relay. It's like there's not a ton to worry about because we've just got such solid guys, especially with Zach Apple anchoring at the end. Yeah, um, I think that it didn't necessarily go as planned. Uh, I, I think we probably expected. And, and t- listen, let's let's go let's go back here and say, hey, go a go USA to proud to have a gold medal, right? Uh, and this is just me being super nitpicky. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know Blake probably wanted to be a little bit faster. Bo probably overperformed. Um, you know what people expected a little bit. So 
I think we were probably hoping to have a little more clear water. So, you know, in that third leg, I was getting a little, uh, I, I, I mean, my heart was just beating out of my chest. I, I swear. I think, you know, I, I don't normally watch these things. And, and while watching, I think my heart rate was just as high as it would have been if I was swimming it. <laughs> uh, and, and then we saw Zach Apple bring it home. Did, did you notice anything else? I mean, Florent Manadou, 47.5 on that second leg. That was I didn't even expect him to swim on the relay, but what about Brent? Great. Did you see Brent? <laughs> Brent forty-seven ninety-nine. The guy, off. the guy's training for a fifty. He's probably doing like dive twenty-fives in his hard workouts, you know. So that's like that's super inspiring. I love Brent. He's a super awesome guy. He's been a you know amazing competitor, and he was always such a like welcome relief in the ready room from like the like. There were some years there that were really, really, really intense, uh, and uh, and Brent was always he would always just kind of show up with a smile on his face willing to, to chat and joke about whatever uh but yeah i mean that that was absolutely incredible um watching both of those guys go so fast that that was super cool to watch i'm curious i know you you were asked about it a lot but with morning finals you've competed in asia a lot mm-hmm. do, do you think do you think it takes an effect um especially because we've seen prelims be so fast um in a lot of events and then and then the night swims just they're not quite there they're just a few tenths away uh uh, yeah i mean i i don't think there's any denying it at this point i mean another another big petition in my opinion should we we should get like some objective djs who like can just watch the race and they have like sliders that will like control crowd noise that we just pump in there right and they see like even if it's a race for second place or the race for third place man one of the loudest relays i've ever been in uh 2017 4 by 100 freestyle relay because the hungarians were i think they got third in that race and it was like a close one and we were i mean it was the most incredibly exciting thing uh to to be a part of just because of how loud and how awesome it was you know and and unfortunately they're missing that energy a little bit um so i mean i i just wish they would kind of i i have heard that they were maybe pumping in some london and rio crowd noise but i wish it was louder (laughs) that that makes sense. I, I'm, I miss fans. I'm sure they miss fans there too. I, it, it does make a difference no matter what anyone else mm-hmm. says, I think. Um, one, one more note about this 400 free relay on the men's side is that we only had one switch out from, from prelims to finals, which I don't normally think happens. Normally there's that. Right. That we, Usually we have, it's like one goes on. Right. It's like normally <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, yeah we have a Phelps, um, what did you have any thoughts on that i mean obviously they handled it well and it wasn't an issue but it's it's kind of an abnormality for for the u.s i mean it is abnormal but um i mean i i know the people in charge and they they thought it through (laughs) let's just put it that way this wasn't a mistake uh honestly I, i bet hours maybe a day after you know they knew who was who they who qualified and and what their times looked like they were starting to formulate plans uh for who's going to be on these prelim relays and you know who they expect to to be able to move on yeah again it's it's i don't i wouldn't have done anything different as the head coach for us and obviously Mm -hmm. it worked out just just wanted to mention that and kind of throw it out there um I want to get your perspective on just Olympic village life. I talked to Caitlin Sandino a couple of days ago and we, we kind of went through that, but moving into the village, getting used to just totally different accommodations, 
your travel schedule, you have to like get a bus at a certain time. Can you take us through as an athlete, all the things you have to acclimate to behind the scenes, just at yeah. a normal swim meet? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, and every village and every Olympics has its own like thing. <clears throat> Specifically, it has its own layout. You know, the, I mean, something as small as where the Team USA building is located can actually make a massive difference. Say you're 300 yards away from the, uh, the, the dining tent or you're half a mile from the dining tent. That puts on a lot of, you know, a lot of steps, a lot of, uh, you know, you're talking to a sprinter. Uh, that, that's a lot of, you know, you got to manage how many times you go back and forth from that food tent. It can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to go get a snack type of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is, it's, it's crazy. It's really hectic. You, you have the entire team checking in all at the same time, not knowing where to go. Um, fortunately, you know, either like Lindsay or one of the other team managers shows up a little bit early. So they help kind of direct you through and the check-in process is sort of like, um, sort of like the airport, really. Uh, you, you show them your, your passport, you get your credential, your ID, uh, they throw everything through the metal detector, throw you through the metal, metal detector. Uh, and then like, and then you're in, um, and, that's usually after a fairly long travel day. So, I mean, the team came from Hawaii for that. Uh, and then once you're there, you, you kind of like go and it's, it's like a hotel, but different because it's, it's, it's condos, right. And everything is new and nobody knows where to go. So you're just like those first, like probably 10, 15 minutes, everyone's just like exploring, figuring out, Oh, are we in a two bedroom suite? Are we in a three bedroom suite? Oh, like, you know, I, I like we have our own bathroom or, or whatever, whatever it may be. And then it's, it's sort of like, you know, <laughs> it, it, I don't know what it's like right now, but I know the, the previous Olympics I've been to, the, the fixtures weren't like the final fixtures. They were kind of like the, oh, <laughs> if this is for the Olympians. We're going to kind of put on the cheap stuff and then we'll make it actually really nice for the people who are buying these condos afterwards because, you know, they don't want things messed up. Um, or even in, uh, in, in uh, South Korea, I think like, the cabinets had, they were like cardboarded up and had like uh, contact paper all over them to try to protect them <laughs> so that we couldn't like, you know, get our fingerprints on them or whatever. So you're really, it, it really is not like a overly comfortable accommodation, you know, like at hotels, you have what feel, what can feel like some like a home, you know, it, it's like, this is a permanent bed uh you know whereas at the at the village it's like these it's a big deal you know they talk about it in the media but these um these beds are made of like of cardboard the bed frames um they're all like twin beds it's all temporary stuff it's not intended to last forever like a lot of times there's just like bean bags in the uh in the common area so it's it's you got to get comfortable with being just a little bit uncomfortable, if that makes sense. And, and I think one of the reasons that's why, like, you know, Team USA had such they do such a good job of treating us really nicely, uh, kind of leading up to to the games, like just making sure that we are in a good place. We're all have, like having a good time. We're all happy. It's kind of like our gas tanks uh, are, are nice and full for and prepared to deal with, you know, whatever the village may bring. And it, it, it always is something um, and I think this time, I mean, it looked like the, the team kind of got stuck in a, in a sticky bus situation where the buses were full and they had to sit outside in the Tokyo heat for, for a little while, but that's just part of the game, man. Like you gotta, that's, that's definitely par for the course for any of these international meets. If you think it's going to be perfect, you're, you got something else coming. Mm. That's <clears throat> That's an interesting point. Obviously something that, that you wouldn't think about as a fan or even as media, 
so once you get there and once the meet starts, you've done a ton of these long eight day international meets. Mm-hmm. Do, do you, I mean, do you feel your gas tank getting lower as the meet goes on, especially for someone like you who knows you've got the 50, you've got the medley relay at the end of the meet? Yeah, I think energy and emotional like energy management is it becomes a big thing. And it, it, it's sort of like it's between kind of you and your coach, how you manage it, because it is it's hard to skip out on like a final session. But if you're swimming in the next prelim session, like you don't like you need to be taking care of yourself, right? That's how you take care of the team is taking care of yourself. So, you know, you can't be out there on your feet, jumping up and down, screaming, uh, you know, banging the the boom sticks together, doing all that, that song and dance. Uh, if, if you have a race coming up. So uh, on the flip side of that, if you're just kind of hanging out at home, being a sloth, like walking slow to the bus, like doing your, doing your small, like your loosen up swim, walking slow, getting a massage, like then you don't like, you know, you got to do something to get, get a little bit excited. So maybe in that instance, you gotta, you gotta go to a final session for maybe one or two finals and just, you know, ride that energy just a little bit and you know, get you, get you back up to where you need to go. Um, I, I think really a lot of it is just knowing yourself, knowing what gives you energy and then knowing what takes energy away. Uh, and then managing that uh, appropriately. That again, it's a great perspective. I, I love, I love hearing that, especially from someone who's done it as many times as you have. Uh, so back to the racing aside from the men's foreign free relay, what, what has stood out to you the most? Um, a couple of things. I mean, the, the, the young women are so incredible and have such a, an unbelievably high ceiling, uh, ahead of them. Um, I mean, Tori, like, you know, her, her turn was a little long. I, I, I really, if she would have nailed that, I think she would have had a gold medal. Um, uh, Lydia, like watching her overhead, uh, that overhead shot. I mean, there is just something spec her kick is unbelievable. Like time, the, the hundreds of a second that it takes her to go from like a, a fully coiled breaststroke kick to like her, her ankles together. And it's like, like, that's incredible. Like it, with presumably not a ton of strength training, like her, her ceiling is just so incredibly high. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be super fun to watch. I, it's funny because you see her from the side and she looks like a turtle, right? Yes. Her, her breaststroke looks very unconventional and it's yes. like, how is this fast? And or like, how, how is she moving so well? Um, but like you said, you get that overhead view and it kind of, turns a light bulb on you're like okay i i understand a little more now um it uh, man the the women's hunter fly was such a i can't believe how close it was i think it was 14100s first through fourth yeah uh so yeah like you said that long turn can make a big difference here's 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 my hot take uh and coleman give me uh i'm gonna let you choose but give me uh give you uh i'll give you even odds on Tori Husk by her senior year in college versus Caleb Dreschel's short course meters hundred fly record, which is forty nine seven right? Oh, forty seven seven. Yes, I'm sorry, I was thinking hundred. I am forty seven seven. Woo! Tori Husk senior year. Maggie McNeil just went forty eight. I think she was eight eight or eight seven. Maybe I, I can't. That sounds right. Exactly. Oh man, that is hard. That, see, that's, that's I'd, I'd give it even odds, man. I'd, I'd get, I'd take either side of the bet. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, if we're if we're doing hot takes, I just got to go for it. I th- yeah, I think, <laughs> think Tori Husk, she's already 50 lower, 49, I think, in the 100-yard fly. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it, she's incredible, obviously, but there, there's just a lot of things that she looks like she can clean up. You know, and uh, is she going to Stanford? I, I don't remember. She's going to Stanford. Um, yeah, she, uh, she, I don't think she lifts a ton. Um, I think she incorporated dryland this year, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, and she's you know she's she's kind of used to sprint training, and so I think she gets to Stanford, she'll probably stick with the sprint. But I think they could definitely uh, build on her repertoire, and yeah. 47 is the hot the hot take i'll I'll, you know i'll i'll take the other side begrudgingly just because i said i would but uh (laughs) you know uh, maybe maybe at uh women's ncs or or men's ncs the week after i'll i'll uh i'll buy a modello (laughs) that sounds great yeah i think uh you heard it here first it was your idea so we'll give you the credit there either way um so we're two days in we we had prelims this morning. Uh, I got I have to shout out your your Cal teammate Ryan Murphy looked stellar last night. He really took it out fifty two two after coming in eighth. He I mean it 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 reminds me of Aaron Pearsall how how focused in how lasered in he is on what he needs to do through each round. Yeah, I, I mean, and so that was actually when I think my heart rate started, you know, getting up about over 120 or 130. <laughs> just watching Ryan, I, I, it was like out of my chest. I was like, dude, I don't know if I can do this for the next like 45 minutes, but you know, I managed. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Murph looked good. He looked good. I mean, I think I think Rowdy said they are not showing the um, the the start splits, but I think it was like 0.51 or something, but after the first three strokes, after he broke out, I was like, this is it. Like he is, he is on top of the water. He's pulling a lot of water. Um, he's looking real strong, but still pretty light. I think, uh, you know, Ryan, uh, he's a, he's, he can do anything. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes he can get really, really strong in the, in the weight room, but then it weighs him down in the water. You know, sometimes he can be a little too skinny and then, and then he's not quite as fast, but right now, man, he looks absolutely on point. Uh, and I'm, I'm super excited to see what, what he's going to be able to do in the final. <laughs> I think, I think that's funny that you mentioned, uh, him in the weight room, just because I think, I think he's the most jacked swimmer on team USA. Every time we have, like every time Jack Spitzer takes photos of Ryan Murphy, it's just like, good God. I think that's a, that's a reasonable uh, assertion that his like striations and his, in his like delts and his uh, pecs are just like, dude, wait, what? You have like three different pecs. Like- <laughs> so, so much going on there. Uh, so, <laughs> so obviously we've got that final coming up tonight in, mm-hmm. in America time. Um, but looking forward to the rest of the meet, I have to ask you about, about the hundred free and, oh. and what you're thinking there. So dude. we've obviously got Dressel Chalmers, I think Zach Apple is going to be a huge player. I, I, in my swim, swim, pick him. I picked him for gold, but um, we've got David Popovich. He's the 16 year old, but I think as you were saying before, I think the waves are going to be a lot for him in that hundred free, especially if he makes it to the final. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a good point too. I mean, I, in every it's, it's funny. Here's just more random, random stuff, you know, and this is like, every swimmer experiences this, but I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. I think the hundred freestyle experience it the most just because of the magnitude of the wave. 
Um, but every pool is slightly different. Like the, the wave that chases us, um, it has a slightly different timing to when we hit it, you know? So Caleb's obviously going to get under it. Uh, he has those like magical underwaters, but for other people who didn't don't, don't necessarily have as good of underwaters as Caleb, they might, come straight up into the wave and then they'll look like, you know, free willy, like breaching, uh, or they'll break out. And then their first breath is going to be right in the wave. And, and a lot of times you get a mouthful of water in that. Um, so maybe they got some information, uh, from the relay, uh, you know, the David Popovici didn't, he didn't swim. Did he swim a relay? I think he swam just the 200, right? I think just um, the 200. So that'll give him a decent idea, but man, that, that, Oh, He's going to be good. He's going to be good. Uh, I mean, I re- it's, it is, it's been pretty interesting to just kind of watch the evolution of just the 100 and 200 freestyle where it's either a 200 guy coming down or if it's a 50 guy kind of coming up. Um, and he has, he's kind of reminds me of Connor a little bit where he just has this like absurd wingspan uh he's he's a pretty skinny guy but man you can just tell he is grabbing so much water uh when when he's swimming connor dwyer yeah yeah connor had like a seven foot wingspan or something (laughs) surprise me (laughs) yeah um so obviously that's gonna be a fun race um i want to i want to finish with just asking about you a little bit having having had some time after trials to sit and just kind of process that meat how are you feeling today I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I've, I've been busy. Uh, we've been working, Will and I have been working hard on the swim school. Um, and that's, that's been, been great for me. Uh, just kind of a little bit of shift of gears, obviously trials was, was disappointing. Uh, but you know, honestly, from, from my experience with cancer, I know personally, uh, nothing is worse for me than like sitting still and, and just doing nothing. So I kind of jumped head first into that. Uh, and been trying to, you know, help Will's been running it like a champ. Uh, but I'm just trying to run, uh, or I'm just trying to, uh, you know, get as many things done on the back end, uh, that we've kind of put off until now, uh, as possible. And it's been, it's been really fun. Listen, uh, I'll say this and then, and then I'll back off, but <laughs> Beisel's doing it. Phelps is, they roped Phelps into it. I think, oh, you commentate. <laughs> I, I think you have the knowledge and skill to drop in in the hundred free and say, listen, guys. oh man that'd be fun maybe one day but they're doing a great job man i i I do enjoy the i do i I do enjoy the coverage i think michael's doing a great job um hopefully we hear a little bit a bit more of uh elizabeth's voice here soon she has awesome things to say i think in wave one of trials she did an awesome job um so you know let's let's i'm just here to enjoy the ride right now (laughs) <laughs> I, I want to get the full fan experience, man. I mean, I I'd say in, you know, 2004, I didn't even, I'd say I watched it, but I didn't watch, I didn't like set a, set a, an alarm to watch like beginning to end of each session. Whereas this time I, I certainly am doing it not for prelims, <laughs> you know, when my dog wakes me up at 5am, I go ahead and, you know, check swim, swam to see what the, uh, what the prelims recap is. But, uh, final, certainly I'm, I'm watching everyone. <laughs> I hear you there. Well, Nathan, it's always good to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Any parting thoughts before we sign off today? Yeah, go USA. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below 
and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.